Hey, Armstrong and Getty here, and the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation, good or bad or mediocre, will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. The failing New York Times, which is like so bad, it's something. The Washington Post which I call a lobbying tool for Amazon, okay? CNN, which is so bad and so pathetic, and their ratings are going down. ABC this morning. They have little George Stephanopoulos talking to Nikki Haley, right? Little George. <laughs> for the most part, honestly, these are really, really dishonest people. And they're bad people. And I really think they don't like our country. I really believe that. And I don't believe they're going to change, and that's why I do this. If they would change, I would never say it. The only people giving a platform to these hate groups is the media itself and the fake news. Got to say, in the moment, watching those Trump rallies, I freaking love them. I just love them. I don't know why. My inability to think a big picture or something, I just, I just like it. I like sticking it to the man. Did you see the black guy behind Trump over his shoulder with the sign that said Blacks for Trump? That's a good positioning for that. Um, I love you because you're black. <laughs> they got the CNN sucks chant going for a while. Oh, uh, boy. Good stuff. Let's talk to Sarah Westwood of the uh, Washington Examiner. She's now the White House correspondent, aren't you, Sarah? Congratulations. I am. Thank you. Yeah, that's, a, that's a big title. I'm wearing women's clothing today. I'll explain to you. I, uh, I bought a shirt the other day at Tractor Supply. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tractor Supply, but it's like a farm store. I bought this shirt on the rack, thought it was a man's shirt, put it on this morning. The buttons are on the other side, so I can only assume it's a, a woman's shirt. It fits and me. And yet you wore it anyway. Well, yeah, I was running late, and it fits me. So, But it's really hard to button a shirt with the buttons on the other side. Um, but yeah, you get used to it. You do? Okay. It looks good, and I don't know, kind of gives me more room for my moobs, I noticed. As I'm not as fit as I should be. Anyway, back to you being White House correspondent. So uh, what are they saying about the speech around there? Well, look, I think that there's some consternation among congressional Republicans because there was this lengthy relitigation of Charlottesville just when the president was starting to emerge from that controversy. Right. I, would, I, just, actually, I actually tweeted, uh, or we talked about it yesterday, I said, will he bring up Charlottesville? He didn't just bring it up. He talked about it for like an hour. <laughs> Right. And it clearly wasn't a spontaneous off script moment because he came up to the podium with printed out copies of all of his Charlottesville statements. So this was something he had thought out beforehand. Right. Um, obviously, the crowd was loving it, but it, it, it isn't helpful for him politically 
to continue to feed headlines about that controversy. He said some very unifying things in his Afghanistan speech the night before that were well-received on both sides of the aisle. That could have been the final word on Charlottesville, and instead right now it's what he said at the rally, um, sort of a revisionist history of how the last week unfolded, and it just invited another day of coverage at a time when the White House is trying to pivot to its legislative agenda now that the August recess is almost over. Yeah, that makes sense to me. The, um, you know, it makes some people mad. The people that hate him hate him, and the people that like him like him, and I just I just don't know if you can change the move the needle much on that either way. Now, the it getting in the way of other stuff to talk about is real, because there's only so much air in the room. And if a day is spent talking about Charlottesville again, that's a day you're not talking about something that they would rather talk about, I assume, like either tax cuts or Obamacare or a debt ceiling or something. Right. And that is really the concern here. Like you said, there are groups of people who have pretty well-defined views of President Trump. One I'd, rally I'd say so. <laughs> but congressional Republicans are people who are swayed by things like an errant speech or an ill-prepared tweet. Those are the kinds of things that can make or break his legislative agenda, but he needs those congressional Republicans to want to go to bat for his priorities. The border wall is something that is mostly unique to President Trump. It wasn't really part of the existing GOP agenda before he came along, and so he needs to convince congressional Republicans to take on that Trump priority as their own to go to bat for it in the budget process. And when he alienates them with caustic speeches like that, it becomes more difficult for him to get the things done that are unique to him. Now, there are other things that were pre-existing elements of the GOP agenda, like tax reform or repealing and replacing Obamacare, that are not you know, solely President Trump's responsibility. But there are some things that are unique to Trump. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put you, we're talking with Sarah Westwood. She's the White House correspondent for the Washington Examiner. I don't want you to put a, put you in a position where you are expected to answer a question about something you might not have studied up on, but where are we with the debt ceiling stuff? Do you know when the, when Congress comes back in? Well, that's a really great question because this August recess has been consumed by a lot of other distractions when this could have been a time for Republicans to huddle behind closed doors and get some kind of game plan together so that when they did come back to Washington at the end of the month, they knew what they were going to do with the debt ceiling. They knew exactly how they were going to attack this budget fight. They were prepared uh, for what things they were going to fight for, what things they were willing to concede. We don't have any indications that those discussions are taking place, though, because they're so busy dealing with all of these other crises. Charlottesville is obviously a the most prominent example of something that has sort of shifted Republicans off track and diverted their focus from what they need to be accomplishing. Yeah. uh, So I I just wondered Donald Trump being the way he is and he does everything differently, right? So we've had these debt ceiling debates a number of times. He usually gets pushed to the very end and then they, you know, somebody caves on something and it gets signed and we once again go further into debt and raise the debt ceiling which, by the way, in case you haven't caught on to this, is an artificial made-up <laughs> limit. It's, it's, I wish I could do that with my own credit card. I'll just, I'll just vote to raise it again. Um, but uh, I, could, I could see Donald Trump 
you know, really stretching this out and being happy to have the government shut down and seeing how long he could he could make it happen because he's just that kind of guy. So I don't remember when the debt ceiling uh, conversation has happens. Congress has to pass something. Does he have to sign it? Does the president play a role in that? I'm not exactly sure of the technicalities of that. I'd imagine that he does. Uh, but what President Trump is primarily interested in, right, is securing funding for his other priorities that he's already just outlined, like the increased resources going to Afghanistan. That's going to take some appropriation. The border wall obviously is going to take a unique appropriation. And so those are the kinds of things that you would envision Trump going to the mat for, potentially right. shutting down the government over. More so than the debt ceiling, which at this point in time, you know, technically it is like extending your credit card limit, but it's more of a formality at this point in in Washington. It's just something that happens. And it's less and less a political football as people just kind of come to grips with the reality of having to raise it. But certainly the budget will be maybe a trickier situation for President Trump. Yeah. I think he's in. I think he's on safe ground, taking on the way the media, the way he did. I was taken in a lot of the uh, echo chamber stuff since he spoke in Phoenix last night, and of course the media is horrified at him taking on the media. Uh, but you know, according to polls, most people don't think the mainstream media is that good. So I think politically, he's okay there. Right. I think that's why you see him reprising those attacks over and over again. And when the media gets hyperbolic about it and talks about how, you know, President Trump is trying to erode the Constitution or that he's going to throw reporters in jail, that's the kind of exaggeration that only feeds and strengthens that argument Absolutely. Trump is making. Absolutely. And so he loves the coverage of that. Did you see the eclipse? I did. I tried not to look directly at it, but I did have to admit that i snuck a peek (laughs) and you're now blind were you in the zone of totality or not no i think here in washington we had about 80 percent coverage i took a trip with my kid to make sure we were in the zone of total darkness and uh it was it was dark for like 90 seconds and uh was it cool was it worth it that's a tough question i i I did a two-day trip with my seven-year-old so that alone was fantastic and i'll remember the rest of my life and he'll remember the rest of my life if i had just gone alone just to see the eclipse i think i would have thought time and money not well invested just for me personally i know some people find it to be a religious experience or whatever it just it got dark for 90 seconds (laughs) maybe it was overhyped this eclipse Uh, mm, it was a little trumpian the greatest eclipse ever um (laughs) Uh, but Sarah Westwood, White House correspondent, Washington Examiner, thanks for your time today. Sorry about asking about questions that you weren't, you know, supposed to answer. I I don't expect you to know that, so that's fine. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. You bet. That's an awful thing to do to a reporter. Have them on on one topic and then ask them questions about a different topic. That's a terrible thing to do. And here I am wearing a woman's shirt. You know, uh, it feels kind of comfy. I'm feeling like I might take this to the next level tomorrow. Maybe uh, undergarments. Feeling like you're <laughs> finally your true self? So is there more that you would like to share with the class? I think if I do that, I'm unfireable. So maybe I'll consider it for those reasons alone. That debt sell- ceiling thing is depressing. They've all just come to terms with the fact that you have to raise it. So we've just all agreed the supposedly conservative, fiscally conservative party and the Democrats have all agreed that spending way more, more money than we, taking, we take in and having to raise our credit limit a couple of times a year is just the way we're going to do it. Oh, that makes perfect sense. I mean, if you actually did that with your home finances, how big a trouble would you get in? 
We, we, well, if I could always do it, none. Well, I would never true. be in any trouble. <laughs> but there is no such thing as doing it forever. At some point, at some point, you come to the end. But if you max out your credit card and you have a meeting with the, the, the wife and the kids, so we maxed out our $30,000 credit card. What do you think about raising it to $40,000? I say yes. All right. We've got $10,000 more to spend. Let's do it. And you just keep doing that. That's what we're doing as a country. And now there's nobody that has a problem with it. And if you stand up and say, I don't think we should raise the debt limit again. I think we should, like, crunch the numbers and cut back on some stuff or raise taxes or do something so that we come out even so we're still not going into debt. If you say that, people start screaming, he wants to shut down the government. We'll default on it. Blah, blah, blah. It's insane. It's just insane. Now, in theory, Trump came along to throw a wrench in that whole thing and change it. When I was six years old. I think this is an opportunity to, to, to stand some ground and, like, uh, you know, t- t- really take a stand on this. But we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be really disappointed if Trump doesn't say anything about the debt ceiling. Republicans and Democrats just say, oh, yeah, we got to raise it. And there's no, like, it's not a crisis at all. Oh, my God. Then we've really given up. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. Um, I didn't mention the artisan donut shop I went to in Portland, among other things, to talk about coming up on the program. Oh, people! what age do people start hating their job? What age do people start hating their job? That's a good one. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And I don't think the guys in this locker room care whether this thing's going to be around in 20 years because none of us are going to be playing. So if these guys want to own for a long time, then they can own for a long time. But another work stoppage might might kill the golden goose. So I'm you know I'm certainly not worried about it. I'm not going to be around that long, and I don't care even if they're rookies in here. They're not going to be playing that long. So if this thing dies out in 20 years. It dies out in 20 years. But that's not really my concern, and I don't think it's any of these players' concern in here either. Wow, that's interesting. That's the president of the NFL Players Association saying, I don't care how a strike affects the NFL long term. If the whole NFL thing isn't around in 20 years, I don't care. None of us will be playing. Wow. Hmm. That whole thing may be on the way uh, the way down. I, I don't think it's dying, but I do think we have reached peak football. It's, it's, going, it's going the other way. Yeah, I think so. We're over the crest. Yeah. Yeah. It would certainly seem that way. Um, one more thing, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because... You might not know this, but there's an awful lot of people that don't follow sports at all. Um, that uh, big fight between the, the 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 most boring boxer in world history, Floyd Mayweather, and the the the, the little Irish guy who's a Conor McGregor, yeah, a Is mixed it? martial artist champion. That's coming up when uh, it, this Saturday. This Saturday, mm-hmm. and um, the betting thing is all out of whack, right? Yeah, the the uh, I think somewhere north of eighty percent of the the money wagered has been on Conor McGregor. Um, uh, hold on, we got 
Uh, 6,000 transactions uh, for McGregor to 200 for Mayweather from this one. Uh, and, and so they're, they're worried that could cause some sort of disaster. I don't know enough about betting. Why does all why does 80% of the betting going one way cause a disaster? Well, because the purpose of the betting lines is to get the same amount of people betting on either side. That way, no matter the outcome of the fight, the casino has has the money to, to pay it back. When When all of the money is on one side, and if it does happen to be an upset... That's a huge loss for Vegas. They will be losing in the millions and millions of dollars, maybe even billions. I don't, I don't know the exact math. It probably is billions. Yeah. So 80% toward Mayweather, you said? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, from, the, from this thing I have here, the, so 60,000 transactions to 200. So 5,800 more bets on, on McGregor than, than Mayweather. So that Although I'm- the, the money is different. The average McGregor bet is $112. Not unusual for the underdog. You don't need to invest as much to get a payout. Betting on the heavy favorite for Mayweather, the average bet is about 3700 but, but so Mayweather could put $10 million on McGregor, catch one on the jaw and fall down. Yes, but that's part of the reason why the, the betting's been so skewed, because bookies were afraid of that very scenario, so they were they were hesitant to make it too big of an underdog uh, for for McGregor, so the odds are a lot closer than you would normally think, mm. and the odds have only shrunk the more the betting comes in. As Vegas saw, so much of the action was coming in on McGregor's side. Okay, I haven't decided if I'm going to watch or not. I might get sucked in by the hype again. Boy, if I fall for Mayweather twice, because that last time I paid 150 bucks, I think watched it by myself on the couch. I think it was 150 bucks, and it was zero entertainment, zero. Well, at the beginning of the fight, all the stars in the crowd, like every celebrity in the world was in the crowd. So that was kind of cool. Once the event started, zero entertainment. Yeah, I, I keep tricking myself into thinking McGregor probably has a, a larger shot than he does simply because that's what I want to happen. But I certainly do feel that he is going to bring the fight in a way that, that Pacquiao didn't. Uh, Vincent, can I put you in charge of this? What can be done about work email when somebody has a birthday and everybody's <laughs> replying to them all and that shows up in my email feed? <sighs> Is there quit. anything that can be done about that? Wait. Just quit your job. I have a question for Sean. Uh, a boxing match, because I'm not into the sports or whatever, but I was invited to... I'm not either. I'm a man of letters. Yes. <laughs> I was invited to a function. Uh, it was, it's actually at Dave & Buster's for the floyd Connor fight. Mm-hmm. Is that preferable to home, or is home superior no, to No, crowd. Public? Big crowd is the way to do these things. Really? I think. Sounds miserable to be a public. <laughs> well, then I think you've answered your own question, but but I I, I prefer what was my so, answer. <laughs> I prefer home viewing if I'm with friends and stuff. But yeah. I mean, there's there are certain things where these these hype events, and this will probably be a bigger public outing than usual because it's an expensive thing to buy on your own. Right. Um, so it will be a big crowd. Um, What's it cost to uh, watch at home? I've a big sporting event, and I'm by myself. It sucks. Oh my God! They won, and you're you're by yourself. You're, you're completely alone in a room. Yay me! Boy, I wish somebody who Hop cared. On the Twitter. Was, I wish somebody who cared was here with me. <laughs> I find it depressing. But if if the side that you don't want to win wins, oh yeah, and then it might oh, be better yeah. just to, to kind oh, yeah. of you know just that's switch I, the channel. That's when I turn off the TV. I say sports are stupid. Only a moron would ever watch this stuff. And I, I turned off for a while. But I've been to the sports uh, viewing parties at homes, and and when. Nobody's paying Whatever. attention usually. Well, well, when a team wins or or a knockout happens, then there are people there who like hop on their phones to call other. It's like, well, enjoy the moment. We're here. We're hanging. Like, what the heck? Uh, Pay per view cost this weekend, I believe, is ninety dollars. With more expensive, if you want the the HD feed. 
Um, speaking of sports, ESPN had a football game that they were going to broadcast Charlottesville, Virginia. Remember Charlottesville? It's where they had the neo-Nazi rally. That chick got run over. It was a terrible story. Um, woman got run over. I'm sorry. Uh, ESPN had a, has an announcer whose name is Robert Lee, and they pulled him off the broadcast because they were concerned that someone named Robert Lee is in Robert E. Lee shouldn't be broadcasting and he's an Asian man. He's not even white. I think that is about the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, but that actually happened. It's pretty ridiculous. It is pretty pretty damned ridiculous. I don't know where I come down on the whole statues coming up or down. Uh, intellectually, if you make the argument about uh, Confederate statues, I can't come up with a good reason why they should stay up. Emotionally, I feel like they should stay up. Maybe that's just racism. <laughs> I don't think it is, but maybe it is. But this story interesting in USA Today today. Russia is adding Stalin statues across the country. They're putting up more Stalin statues. I was in Russia 10 years ago, and the most shocking thing to me of anything was that I saw statues of Joseph Stalin and and V.I. Lenin at various places. Uh, Subway stations, parks. You have a statue of Lenin. One of the worst killers, maybe the worst killer, in the history of the world. And they have statues of them. They're putting up more. It's the 50-year anniversary, by the way, this summer of the Great Purge that happened in, or 80-year anniversary, Great Purge that happened in Russia in 1937. I'm a fan of history, so I've read all about this, and it's horrifying. But if you don't know about it, that year, mostly that summer, Stalin imprisoned a million and a half of his own citizens who they believed were anti-Stalin. million and a half, 700,000 of them died. 700,000. Stalin killed, they believe, 30 million people. Why Hitler gets all the credit as the bad guy in world history, I don't know. Because he was a punk compared to Stalin or Chairman Mao, actually. But 30 million people Stalin killed of his own people, starving most of them to death or working them to death in uh, in gulags. Um, and And Putin's putting up more statues of him around the country. What the hell is that? Whoa. So at least we're at least our debate is going the direction of, you know, and maybe you feel like we're cleansing history or whatever. But at least it's going in the direction of we 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 don't want to honor people who were violent or killed or whatever. They're going the complete other direction in Russia. Putin. Nearly next door yeah. in Germany, you can't even make a Hitler joke. Nope. Let alone have a Hitler nope. statue. Nope. They're putting up Stalin statues in. Russia. I don't know what it means. Putin honoring the ultimate strongman in his mind. Yeah. The ultimate strongman. Not caring about critics. Are there even people criticizing him? Oh, heck no. In Russia, you better not. No, or you'll, and that's why, that's why those million and a half people got locked up by Stalin. Somebody said, I heard him say something against Stalin once. You're in jail and you're dead. You'll find yourself on a street intersection with all security cameras pointing away from you for some reason, right. and then you're done. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That right the outside the Kremlin, as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I'd be like, can we get more Stalin statues over here, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up with Stalin. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got a former top U.S. security official worried about the president's fitness for office. U.S. diplomats in Cuba suffering from sonic attacks. And, my friends, get ready for marijuana beer. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Marijuana beer. So is this, I'm drinking my marijuana or am I smoking my beer? I'll have to stay tuned. You do. To the Armstrong and Getty Show. I got stuff I didn't get to yet. 
Maybe we'll get to it tomorrow. This military leaders consolidate power in Trump administration, Washington Post story. Pretty interesting. Is it something to be scared of or happy about? That all these generals are getting together in the Trump administration. Some Trump haters feel like it's a, uh, okay, they're, they're... they're making sure everything's okay right. in case he goes crazy right. to protect the country. Other people are afraid this is a military takeover of our civilian government. Mm-hmm. So, or it's neither. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. <laughs> or both. Or, or both. both. Yes. <laughs> scared and happy or scappy. <laughs> You're scared and happy? You're scappy. I've never heard that. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. is on the move. President Trump making his way to Nevada now for a uh, speech that he's going to give to the National Convention of the American Legion at 11 o'clock this morning. Again, that's going to be in Reno. The appearance coming after the Trump rally in Phoenix, where he lashed out at the media and criticized Arizona's two Republican senators. Now, CNN contributor James Clapper, who's a former director of national intelligence, says he was worried after watching President Trump's Phoenix speech. Interesting to contrast last night's teleprompter Trump performance versus uh, tonight, which is, of course, uh, the real Trump, uh, just as it was in the the unglued impromptu press conference uh, at Trump Tower. So I I just find this uh, extremely disturbing. Are you questioning his fitness? Yes, I do. Now, Clapper went on to say... I also uh, am beginning to wonder about uh, his, his motivation for it. Maybe, maybe he is looking for a way out. You, have, you said you questioned his, his fitness. Is he a threat to national security, the president? Well, he certainly could be. Uh, again, having some understanding of, of the, uh, the levers that a president can exercise, I worry about, frankly... Uh, uh, you know, the uh, access to the nuclear codes. Uh, if he, in a fit of peak, uh, he decides to uh, do something about Kim Jong-un, there's actually very little to, to stop him. I wish he'd had the balls to say, because I think, I think he believes Trump is a danger to the country. Either say it or don't say it, but I wish he'd had the balls to just, instead of, do you think he's a danger? I think he could be. Just say, if you think it is, say it, Clapper. Doesn't mean I'm going to agree with him, but I wish he'd have just said it out loud if that's what he thinks. Right. So the director of national intelligence says he might be looking for a way out. A way out of the presidency. What does that mean? You know, uh, get uh, get really wild and, uh, you know, maybe use that as an excuse or maybe other people will push you out. Wow. I can see how people don't like his style or his politics, right. if that's your bent. I don't think he's crazy, but Clapper maybe thinks he is. I don't know. U.S. diplomats that are working in Cuba reportedly suffering from mild traumatic brain injuries due to possible sonic attacks directed at their homes. CBS News reporting medical records show the diplomats also suffered likely damage to their central nervous systems. Diplomats complained to hearing loss, headaches, nausea, and other symptoms beginning in late 2016. CBS goes on to say a U.S. doctor examined and diagnosed the diplomats and was one of several who reviewed their cases and warned of the risks of future exposures. That's a wild story. There needs to be more done on that. Hey, back to Clapper for a second, because I think this is going to be a big story all day long. He needs to, he reminds me of Colin Powell. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that kind of likes to be a little above it all and kind of a, a statesman, and they kind of hint at things, but right. then they just don't say them. Effing say it. If you think the president's crazy, 
and it's dangerous for him to have access to the codes, be a patriot or a man or something and say it out loud. Be, because having said what he just said, he needs to do other interviews. He Other reporters need to come and ask him questions, and he needs to further follow up on that. I think that's a big deal. Um, a, a person of, of, of his elevation, right. um, uh, background, knowledge, right. that sort of thing, if he believes that, he needs to say it out loud, not just kind of hint around it on Don Lemon's show, Safe Ground. Come out and talk to some reporters and answer some questions. Do you think he's mentally unfit to be president, that it's a danger? Do you think something should be done? Do you think we should invoke Article or, or uh, something something 25? The 25th. 25th, 25th Amendment? Yeah. Okay, where Congress yeah. steps in. Do you think we should do that? Yes or no? Um, I think he should answer some questions. If he doesn't answer any more questions today from, from like, the Post reporters right. or, or, you know, New York Times or something like that, then he's really being a coward. Because that's a hell of a thing to throw out there about the president. Right. And I, if he believes it, fine, he gets to say that. But have the guts to stand up and answer some questions. Somebody just texted, what does he think of the people that are showing up to Donald Trump rallies? Does he think they're all crazy people or nuts? Or He did, he did address that. Uh, that's what he essentially yeah. said. Like, why do they feel the need to go out there and cheer this man on? And what was his answer? That was what he said. Right. He doesn't understand oh, okay. all the people yeah. going out okay. there. Right. Yeah. He said. Um, he said. You know. I, perhaps I'm just not with it, or I. You know. I don't uh, comprehend. But why are they showing up? But I, I think he needs to uh, to go further on that, yeah. one way or the other. Because you can't just throw that out there. He's got nothing. He hates our president. Th- that's what I'm thinking. He's just a, he's a Trump hater, and so he kind of throws that out there. Oh, I think he could be crazy. Is he a danger? Well, I don't know. Could be. Oh, come on, have some balls. If that's what you believe, say it. Californians can now get marijuana in their beer and coming soon, beer in their marijuana. Petaluma's Lagunitas Brewery is teaming up with Santa Rosa's Cannoncraft, which makes cannabis products. And for a limited time only and only in California, Lagunitas is going to be selling what it calls Super critical ale. Sean, I know you have friends who have done marijuana. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of slackers, if you ask me. <laughs> and you no longer speak to them. <laughs> Very rarely. They call me all the time begging for money for probably for probably the hippie cabbage, but I don't answer anymore. Jazz cabbage. Can you imagine? Jazz cabbage, that's what it was. Can you... <laughs> Jazz cabbage. You, you, turn their, you turn their caller yeah. ID over to the cops. <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, so since uh, both Vince and Sean know people who have done marijuanas. Um, what do you think of this marijuana beer? I think this is dumb. Why does everything have to become everything else? I like, know. like beer is fine on its own. Pot <laughs> is fine on its own. Yeah, There's but... nothing preventing you from combining them as in their current form. <laughs> you can do that. Why, why, why do you eat hot dogs and buns separately? You combine them same time. Like two weeks ago, I was at my friend's party. I was drunk and then we were smoking weed and I was like, ah, there's so much time. I gotta... <laughs> Taking a lot out of you. can only streamline this process of relaxation. Yeah. Right. That's hilarious. Oh, God. Break you it don't up. eat hot dogs and buns separately? Exactly. <laughs> so you people with your jazz cabbage, yeah. I prefer beer, the nectar of the nitwit, as Homer Simpson calls it. All right. That's your news. That's your jazz cabbage. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. <laughs> But I, I rarely smoke, and when I did a couple weeks ago, it was it was a lot to take on my lungs because I do it so little now. So yeah, throw it in some beer, it's fine. Sounds good. How relaxed do you need to get? Very. Do you want to be prone? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see if that catches on. A lot of people reacting to the Clapper comments.
I think unless Clapper comes out and says, I believe Donald Trump is mentally unstable, and here's why. I think he's just another political hack making the rounds on these shows, throwing crap out. If you believe it, like it's your actual professional assessment, say it out loud. 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Interesting, they did a poll of NFL general managers and offensive coordinators, and Colin Kaepernick ranked just on talent that had him ahead of six starters that exist in the NFL. Hmm. So it ain't his it ain't his talent that's keeping him from playing. It's the whole kneeling. And you know, being a lightning rod for controversy, and teams just don't want that. Which is kind of interesting. This is not a sports conversation as a, much as a as a cultural conversation that um, you know, things have, have gotten so political with everything now. There's just, there's not a hunger for that in every aspect of our lives. And um, people just don't want to deal with that. Uh, well, and I don't think there's a denying his talent, but he has to turn it into something like Tom Brady. I mean, he, you put him on a team, he's not going to turn into Tom okay. Brady. I'm, I'm not always, going there. I've always thought the more interesting kind of comparison was Kaepernick to Tim Tebow. Where they they both seem to have the talent to justify being on a roster, but the media circus that surrounds them for whatever reason, right, is fair or more, unfair, yeah, is more than the teams right. are, are willing to to, to yeah. chew off. And with with Tim Tebow, it's really the unfortunate he's a Christian and talks about a thing, <laughs> right. which you you wouldn't think. But he's a goody goody. The he media makes a big deal out of it, and whether they should or shouldn't, they do. And so then you got to put up with that, and you think, do you want this? Do you want? Do you want your your player having to talk to, well, <laughs> to you 50 want media it, outlets? You want the... it if it's worth six Super Bowls, but if it isn't, then mm-hmm. question. That's something. Uh, it'll be interesting to follow this year as the most popular sport in America. If it does another double digit drop in in viewing in viewing, they're gonna they're gonna feel like they're in crisis mode, right? And they don't have the 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 craziest campaign of all time to kind of deflect some of the the blame. Oh no, it was just it was, right? this was just an anomaly. We'll we'll get back on track. You know, they, it'll be it'll be telling. If yeah, it, if it's more of a trending continues. You're absolutely right. That was often blamed on the uh, the presidential election, which was a pretty good excuse. People were into that. Well, because like they would schedule the debates directly to counter program against the. NFL, it seemed at certain yeah. times, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. By the way, if you have not heard the clips from Hillary Clinton's new book, I'm Angry Because a House Fell on My Witch, uh, <laughs> no, I ruined the joke. Um, <laughs> if you're if you haven't heard those clips that we played earlier, you should check them out or listen to the podcast because it's 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 pretty interesting. If the rest of the book's half as good as that second clip about the debate, I might actually yeah. read it. <laughs> Back up, you creep. She thought to herself, she thought of saying to Trump during the debate. Why didn't you? Well, it's that would have been so entertaining. Not because I wanted you to get elected. I just see it would have been so entertaining. Again, she didn't present it as this was one of the many options that I was going through in my head of how to respond it. But it was this was one of the things I wish I would know what other people would do. Yeah. What would it a was nor- incredibly uncomfortable. What would a normal person do here? How do humans act? <laughs> but boy, if she had used that, if she had used that as a slogan, back up you creep. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. That would be a huge win. Yeah. Huge. Hashtag. But you know, we, we, we keep we are we're, yeah. we keep devolving. Now now she didn't say that, but the next person's going yes. to. Elizabeth Warren will say that. 
And then he says something back even more crass. And so then where do we end up? Do we end up with two people standing on stage for 90 minutes? F you! No F you! (laughs) Hopefully we end up with a viable third party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you get somebody standing in a corner who says, can we talk about the debt or something? Right. Uh, Here's your guest announcer for the day. And now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. What was that accent? Vulcan? Couldn't tell what that was. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, me, Jack Armstrong. Let's get a final thought from Michelangelo, our board operator. I think the NFL is killing itself with all this political stuff. People just want to be entertained. So if you're the LPGA, this is your chance to grow. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Vincent, a final thought. Band name of the day goes to Marshall Phillips for the manly plaids, but bond mode of the day goes to Jack Armstrong for all they need is a hand up, not a punch down. (laughs) I don't remember saying that. Um, let's get a final thought from our newsman, Marsha Phillips. Oh, my, Vincent. After that, I'll tell you, the co-worker gift list has been revised once again. Powerball jackpot, $700 million. Yes. Drawing tonight, 8 p.m. West Coast. And if you uh, won the whole thing and you took a f- the the payout, you'd get how much? About 443 mil. $443 million. Hmm, is that enough, though? That's a lot of money. Yeah, indeed. Here's Positive Sean with his final thought. Hey, 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 way too much uh, doom and gloom for me today. I'm just heading to a barbecue joint. I'm going to eat some good smoked meats. I'm going to go to my hotel, or not my hotel room, my apartment. It's practically the same thing, and I'm just uh, going to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> all, my, all these people yelling at each other. I can't oh, take yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the way to do it. My uh, final thought is, Joe and I often talk about what's the, the headline in your real life. As opposed to what's the headline on cable news or in New York or Washington, D.C. Because the headline in your real life is usually not what the media is talking about. And the headline in my real life, and for a lot of you out there, is first day of school today was today. That's the headline in our household. That's the only thing we're talking about and focused on and actually concerning ourselves with was getting the kids to the first day of school. What did you wear? How do you like your teacher? Make any new friends? All that sort of stuff. Most people aren't living their lives around the headlines of the day. Are you staying at a hotel or an apartment? I'm staying at home. Staying at home. Um, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Joe tweeted yesterday they had turbulence so bad on the plane that he was flying to the East Coast that they had to bring uh, hospital personnel on board when they landed. Really? People hit the ceiling and everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, actual injuries. He said he and the fam are fine, but yeah. They they must have had their buckles on. So anyway, hopefully he'll call in with that tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I love you because you're from... Japan. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.